0: Hello, my lovelies. Well, it seems like everything has gone to shit. <laughs> my Lord, it's um, so incredibly hard to be creative at this time, let alone productive. And so I don't know when magical Egypt about magic is going to be complete. What I do know, however, is it has been one of the most interesting Research journeys that I've been on for a very, very long time. And I have decided to put this research into a podcast series for a number of reasons. I believe there's information that I've found that explains how we got here (laughs) and how we can get out. The why of it all is a very interesting question. And It traverses subjects far and wide. There's more obvious answers to that question, and there's some deep and murky answers to that question that go back thousands and thousands of years. And while we might touch upon some of that, in many ways that is a distraction. Because the why or the who, while it's interesting, it does not provide us with a clear roadmap to salvation, right? To redemption, (laughs) to getting out of this mess. And so I might touch upon some of that, but what I think is more important is the understanding of the how and how we got here and how we're going to get out. And you might all wonder what on earth am I talking about? And what does this have to do with magic? Well, Magic is one large aspect, one part of our birthright, as Chance likes to say, that has been completely stripped from our modern day life. And I do believe that it is on purpose. And I also know that it is one of the most difficult concepts to get one's arms around in this time in history, in this paradigm. And so this might be a little bit of a meandering journey, but I promise you there's going to be lots of really interesting stuff along the way. And so I welcome you to this new Magical Egypt production, and I hope that you are as inspired and excited by the research that I have found as I am. So let's jump back for a second and look at where we are. Because the world is in crisis. Every system is broken. I like to say that we're in a post-truth world, but the truth is we're also post-democracy. We're post-science. We're post-justice. And we're also post-nature. I was watching a documentary the other night and they explained that we have 60 years worth of workable soil left on the entire planet. Did you even know that? (laughs) I didn't know that. I mean, that is pretty scary. It's estimated that we're killing, or they're dying off anyway, 10,000 species every year. And this is like a thousand times faster than any historical extinction rate. People are starving, yet farmers are being paid to destroy their crops. We cannot trust our doctors, our theologians, our politicians, or even our scientists. And I'm going to throw in there some uh, archaeologists and historians for good measure. (laughs) Oh, and our gods seem to have been replaced by money or, you know, digital numbers on our computer. And that seems to be the driving motive for every human activity on the planet. Not every, but you know what I mean. Uh, We've lost our way. And I wonder if we had been warned, right? Oh, In The Temple of the Cosmos, it's a book I love by Jeremy Nadler. Jeremy is fantastic, and he's got lots of amazing books, and he refuses to let me interview him, but I love him all the same. And in his book, The Temple of the Cosmos, he tells the story of Hermes Trimagestus, the wisest of all gods, explaining to his pupil Asclepius the symbolic significance of Egypt. In the world's history and it's kind of a famous speech graham hancock did a beautiful version of it and later on you will get to hear john anthony west read it as well but many people believe that this speech this document is a prophecy and that it is a prophecy that exists in two parts Because first, Hermes tells Asclepius that a time will come when Egypt will be left desolate. And in this time, people will prefer darkness to light and they will cease to regard the universe as worthy of reverence. The gods will depart and their voices will no longer be heard. Now, although ostensibly to do with the fate of Egypt, we can recognize this desolation extending into our own time. And as we struggle with a sense of weariness in a godless and polluted world, one could argue that the first part of the prophecy has now been fulfilled. But there is a second part. I'm going to read it. When all this has come to pass, says Hermes, through God's grace, there will be a renewal of human consciousness of the sacred. Wonder and reverence will once again fill human hearts. There will be a general awakening to the divine, which will cause human beings once more to sing unceasing hymns of praise and blessings. This will amount to a new birth of the cosmos. A holy and awe-striking restoration of all nature. Sounds good. (laughs) So while the prophecy about Egypt, perhaps Hermes implies that we make a mistake regarding Egypt as belonging to a different epoch and not seeing that Egypt itself is a symbol, a symbol that represents all of humanity and all of nature. Perhaps there is a vast cosmic cycle within which Egypt has symbolic importance, but which also includes our own time in a particularly significant way. This kind of blew my mind, right? Egypt is the symbol. If this is true, if Egypt is the symbol and this is in fact a prophecy, then today we live in That juncture, when the first stage of the cycle, the desolation of the temple, has been virtually accomplished, still the second stage, the restoration, has only just begun. As we grapple with an uncertain future, and as novel problems seek even more novel solutions, I think that ancient Egypt can serve us. Because Ancient Egypt is awe-inspiring. Ancient Egypt crystallized in itself a picture of human attainment, relatedness to nature, spiritual attunement, and magic that all have become part of our cultural biography. And this is why Egypt fascinates us. This is why, for many, it's an obsession. And I think this is why John Anthony West's magical Egypt struck a chord with so many people. Because the cognitive dissonance that has surrounded the story of ancient Egypt for so long became too great. And John provided us with an alternative. Jeremy Nadler calls it He says it's because Egypt calls to us like a lost part of ourselves. So, in this upcoming podcast series, I am going to try to help us find those lost parts of ourselves. In looking for those pieces, it has changed me. It has initiated me into a new way of thinking about the world. And that has expanded my horizons. It has shifted my paradigm. We're going to get into that in a minute. But the bottom line is that so many things make so much more sense now. and as I said, some of it is dark and scary. In many ways, this search for me has been like that um, story of the blind man feeling feeling an elephant, right? There are many distinct and odd rabbit holes that I have pursued in putting together a picture of why, of how we are the way we are. And while I'm not absolutely certain that it actually is an elephant in the room, I have a picture of the cause of our desolation that I wish to share with you. I wish to share it for this reason, because like most boogeymen, The thing they fear the most is to have the light shone upon them. So that is what we will attempt to do here. I also believe that that is what our ancient cultures were trying to do as well. Give us a heads up, if you will, about the forces that wish to claim our lives, our energy, our thoughts, our imagination, and most importantly, our magic. So for this reason, it is of inestimable value to pursue a dialogue with the ancient Egyptians and other ancient cultures, as although their eras have passed, they can become our companions and guides as we venture towards a new future. So now a few words about what we will find in this series. First of all, I want to state the obvious. Words are interesting, we use them every day, and we think we understand them, and we do for the most part, intellectually understand the meaning of words. When I just stated that my research has shifted my paradigm, you all knew what I meant. Something like my thinking has changed, right? In advertising today and on Amazon, the idea of a paradigm shift is everywhere so much so that I think it has, in large part, lost its actual meaning. I have found this a lot during my research, that words and ideas become so commonplace that they have lost the depth of meaning. Perhaps it is, as Ian McGilchrist points out in the brilliant tome The Master and Its Emissary, the forces that have shaped us have left us bereft of the ability to derive meaning from life let alone the words that populate one's life. And so I warn you now, I am going to spend some time revisiting words, ideas, and concepts that you already know. Things like paradigm, like history, like magic, all things you can define and explain without having to strain too hard. I'm doing this in order to restore their meaning. You see, only when the meaning and implications of an idea or word are fully grasped, does the metaphorical elephant in the room begin to materialize. So please bear with me. Next, we are going to have interviews. I'm going to use portions of the interviews that will eventually end up in season four. So I'm not ruining anything. (laughs) There is some great stuff in these interviews. By some people, I consider to be the smartest people on the planet. And where I cannot get interviews, I will read snippets from what I think are some of the most useful books I have found. Again, I want to point out this will be a meandering journey. Because when it comes to the subject of magic, it is very difficult to get your arms around it. Let's try to untangle it, shall we? And now, as I promised, I would like to give you a very special reading of the aforementioned speech by Hermes Trimagestus, read by our dearly departed John Anthony West, without whose stunning contributions we would be much further behind in our evolution.
1: Do you not know Asclepius that Egypt is an image of heaven? Or to speak more exactly, in Egypt, all the operations of the powers which rule and work in heaven have been transferred to earth below? Nay, it should rather be said that the whole cosmos dwells in this our land as in its sanctuary. And yet, since it is fitting that wise men should have knowledge of all events before they come to pass, you must not be left in ignorance of this. Have the Egyptians honored the deity with heartfelt piety and assiduous service, and all our holy worship will be found bootless and ineffectual. For the gods will return from earth to heaven. Egypt will be forsaken, and the land, which was once the home of religion, will be left desolate, bereft of the presence of its deities. O Egypt, Egypt, of thy religion nothing will remain but an empty tale, which thine own children in time to come will not believe. Nothing will be left but graven words, and only the stones will tell of thy piety. And in that day men will be weary of life, and they will cease to think the universe worthy of reverent wonder and of worship. So religion, the greatest of all blessings, for there is nothing, nor has been, nor ever shall be, that can be deemed a greater boon, will be threatened with destruction. Men will think it a burden and will come to scorn it. They will no longer see this world around us, this incomparable work of God, this glorious structure which he has built this sum of good, made up of things of many diverse forms, this instrument whereby the will of God operates in that which he has made, ungrudgingly favoring man's welfare, this combination and accumulation of all the manifold things that can call forth the veneration, praise, and love of the beholder. Darkness will be preferred to light, and death will be thought more profitable than life. No one will raise his eyes to heaven, the pious will be deemed insane, and the impious wise. The madman will be thought a brave man, and the wicked will be esteemed as good. As to the soul, and the belief that it is immortal by nature, or may hope to attain to immortality as I have taught you, all this they will mock at, and will even persuade themselves that it is false. No word of reverence or piety, no utterance worthy of heaven of the gods of heaven will be heard or believed. And so the gods will depart from mankind, a grievous thing, And only evil angels will remain, who will mingle with men and drive the poor wretches by main force into all manner of reckless crime, into wars and robberies and frauds and all things hostile to the nature of the soul. Then will the earth no longer stand unshaken, and the sea will bear no ships. Heaven will not support the stars in their orbits, nor will the stars pursue their constant course in heaven. All voices of the gods will of necessity be silenced and dumb. The fruits of the earth will rot, the soil will turn barren, and the very air will sicken in sullen stagnation. After this manner will old age come upon the world. Religion will be no more. All things will be disordered and awry. All good will disappear. But when all this has befallen Asclepius, then the Maker and Father God, the first before all, the Maker of that God who first came into being, will look on that which has come to pass and will stay the disorder by the counterworking of his will, which is the good. He will call back to the right path those who have gone astray. He will cleanse the world from evil, now washing it away with water floods, now burning it out with fiercest fire or again expelling it by war and pestilence. And thus he will bring back his world to its former aspect so that the cosmos will once more be deemed worthy of worship and wondering reverence And God, the maker and restorer of the mighty fabric, will be adored by the men of that day with unceasing hymns of praise and blessing, such as the new birth of the cosmos. It is a making again of all things good, a holy and awe-striking restoration of all nature, and it is wrought in the process of time by the eternal will of God, but only if we help.
0: Hello lovelies, I am so excited to announce the release of our new film called Heka. Heka looks at the magic of ancient Egypt and how that pertains to the story of ancient Egypt and fills in a whole new perspective that we have been missing collectively for hundreds of years. I wonder when we look at ancient people.